When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Hey, I'm your other host. My name is Nick Gambarian, not to be confused with Adam Russell or Ryan Key. I'm the other guy. Or Glup Shido. Glup Shido. <laughs> Yeah, you know about Glup Shido? No, but it's a it's the funniest name. It's, it's like an internet meme that I feel like non a non Star Wars entity came up with, where Glup Shido is the name of like any kind of background returning <laughs> character from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of returning characters from Star Wars, our guest co-host, our co-host. I said I was just going to say this straightforward this episode, but I just, I, I just blew it. Just you go. You just take it from here. Jesus, I'm a terrible host. You did screw that up. You did screw that up. And here we are doing it live. We're doing it live. Uh, hey, hey, everyone. It's your Armor Party co-host, Mike Forrester, back in action, filling in for Ryan Key. And it is just lovely to be here with you guys. It's great to have you. Hey. We also have an actual guest, old friend. Some of you may know him of Stephen's Untitled Rock Show, Fuse Music Video Television Network fame. Stephen Smith, welcome, bud. Oh man, happy to be here. And that hey. was—that's been a long time ago. Yeah, that was a, a few networks ago. But it's good to see you guys. Good to see it's you. Been, it's been forever in a day. It's been—I want to say Anthony and I were on off the track with you and Jonah. Yes, that probably—I mean, definitely was the last time I saw you. Yeah, it was seven at least seven years ago. I would say. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that podcast is um was the podcast Jonah Bear and I did. Adam came on too, and uh, Ryan came on mm-hmm. from Story of the Year, and then Jonah and I kind of bailed on it, and it went on hiatus, and now it belongs to um, Benny Horowitz from the Gaslight Anthem. It's his podcast. Oh, nice! They just did their four hundredth episode. So, wow, very cool. Which is, I did not which know is that. Good. We did three hundred, so we were good. <laughs> Most impressive, but yes. And Mike. now Gaslight's back too. Yeah. Gaslight's back. That's pretty cool. It is very groovy. Mike, did you have Fuse in your town where, where you were, you know, 20 years ago? Um, I I think, did you have to pay for Fuse? I can't remember what how, whatever. It came with some cable packages, but not others, it right? It was on like a, it was like on a different tier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've definitely seen all the things I needed to see. Steven, it is really lovely to have a, conversation with you about star wars but yes indeed fuse fuse was an awesome channel there was like that beautiful correlation between alternative music snowboarding skateboarding all of the my favorite things and uh it's a perfect intersection in my opinion now you might be confusing it with fuel which also had snowboarding and skateboarding <laughs> fuel and fuse were I'm, I'm thinking it's probably because i switch between them a lot Mm-hmm. One had way more half pipes. <laughs> Depending on your point of view. Yes. The thing that was so dope about Fuse to me is that it it really took MTV's place in those few years where music videos on a television network still worked. And you guys did mm-hmm. the Warped Wednesday thing. 
you were, you know, at Warp Tour every year and you had a 7th Avenue drop, right? Yeah, you guys did that. Yeah. It was just a great, great network. And then, you know, it went away like everything else cool at the time. <laughs> I did watch Hoppus on music and I, I did enjoy that show. That was after my tenure there. Okay. And that show was like this weird groundbreaking show. And I can say it honestly and personally because my wife was the talent booker oh, and she and she brought well one they cast this uh, unknown comedian to co-host with them named amy schumer oh, yeah. and I remember that yep. and then they brought in um a couple of unknown bands at the time uh, mumford and sons and uh imagine dragons <laughs> no idea they weren't and no idea and uh so yeah so that show was like this crazy crazy launching point and it, it becomes a it becomes a fun topic around here because my kids are 11 and they're all about imagine dragons so we'll periodically <laughs> be like you know you know they're your mom's fault <laughs> <laughs> do your kids know that their parents were cool yet do they understand yet no, not in the slightest. They don't. They don't. Well, they know their mom's cool. Dad is never cool. <laughs> yeah, dad is just. You do a, Star Wars uh, things with them, though, right? They're big Star Wars fans. <laughs> Huge Star Wars fans. They were watching Rebels tonight, and they keep texting me, wanting to know when they can come in to talk. <laughs> and nice. I was like, I'll let you know. Why don't you go shower? <laughs> <laughs> you smell terrible. Um, they are children. Well, if they if they're still awake when we get there, this is a good show to get a kid's perspective because we talk about it all the time how much Star Wars is, this thing or that thing in Star Wars is made for kids. Heavy air quotes right now. Mm -hmm. But they're very grown-up themes, so it, it could be cool to get their perspective if, if they're conscious when we get to that point. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's get into why we're all here today. We're talking about Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, Season 2. If you listened to last week, you know that we're doing this one season per episode. We've got a lot to cover on this one because it's 22 episodes, but... We're not going to give you as much of a breakdown episode by episode as we did before. Quicker overview, give you uh, kind of the essentials, or in this case, which ones you're okay to skip, because mm. this is a really packed season. There's not much filler. So let's jump right in and do Stolen Plans. What have you done with those plans? Star Wars Rebels Season 2 premiered on June 20th, 2015 on Disney XD, just like the season before. Written by Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Carrie Beck again. Directed by, a lot like Clone Wars here, we're moving Dave Filoni to the supervising director of the whole season role. He has his moments where he does specific episodes on his own, but we also have a whole new slate of directors. Bosco Ang, Brad Rao, who we know from uh, Clone Wars and The Bad Batch. Sergio Paez, Saul Ruiz, and Melchior Zwire. Cast, of course, we have the, uh, the crew... From season one, Ahsoka Tano is fully a part of the crew, voiced by actually Eckstein, of course. Another big one for a lot of folks, a really big one, Sarah Michelle Gellar voices the seventh sister, Buffy, in the building. Commander Sato, recurring character, voiced by Keon Young. Gina Torres voices Ketsu Onyo. I know her from Westworld. Mm -hmm. Anyone else know her from anything else? Oh, I don't know. That'd be so weird if she was on any other kind of science fiction television series. Wait, what else is she in? I don't know. It's called Firefly. Maybe you heard of it. Uh, no. Yeah. <sighs> I'm a bad sci-fi fan. So oh, I... man. Well, it's, you got 14 episodes in a movie versus, what, over a thousand things to keep track of for Star Wars? <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm a pretty, pr 
pretty solid Firefly fan. So Firefly fan. Firefly. Firefly. Yes. <laughs> now, now, brown cow. <laughs> Toy boat. Gina Torres sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> Clancy Brown voices Ryder Azadi. He also voiced Savage Opress on The Clone Wars. He played Berg, the Deveronian in The Mandalorian. He's Mr. Crab. Mr. Crab? On Spongebob. Oh, from Spongebob, Adam. That's a, oh. that's a children's show. Adults end up picking up. I'm of the age that passed, like, ships in the night straight past Spongebob. See, I'm of the age where you say Clancy Brown, I go, oh, Highlander. Oh. Oh, yeah. Duh. How about, do you guys remember, I was so excited about this, and it. I wonder if, it, in retrospect, the show was good. I think it was received terribly back then, but there was a show called Earth 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that tanked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did not do well. It's probably not good, right? Like, if I no. went and watched it now. I love the idea, though, but he was, mm-hmm. he, was, uh, he was in that also. And then the big ones, the big stars of Star Wars animation, Sam Witwer returning as Maul and the voice of the Emperor. Not shown on screen, right? Just his voice mm. from behind, right? No face. And then Matt Lanter returning as the voice of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. And we, we got a handful of folks, side characters and things, recurring characters from the rest of the Star Wars universe popping in here and there. Of course, James Earl Jones voices Darth Vader. And lastly, the big one, the, the big returning voice actor, the man himself, Dee Bradley Baker, doing three clones, and I'm sure a bunch of other little bits and pieces here and there. So overall, let's talk big thoughts, themes, takeaways, concepts uh, for this season. Ezra's growth as a Jedi is significant right off the bat. Um, I'd also say that in general, this season gets a lot more done storytelling wise, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. we get right in the heat of stuff. The few episodes that are skippable are backstory episodes, which are still great. And they're only skippable if you're the kind of person who doesn't want side character kind of backstory stuff. But it, it's, it's jam packed. Definitely. I was shocked when I rewatched it. Because I kind of felt like when we we covered season one, I was like, oh, there was a lot more like kind of side quest mission stuff than I remember. Then I went through season two and I was like, there's actually more side quest stuff than I thought, but it's it's just all good. It's like an upgrade. To me, it's an upgrade in like writing and storytelling from the Clone Wars, like overall. Love the Clone Wars, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think even a couple of these episodes here, which I would say are skippable as far as like the story and the overall lore goes is still pretty good episodes you know so now that i've outed myself on the podcast last week i i watched rebels first before i really got into clone wars and really this season kind of blew my mind at both how developed the empire was you have characters like agent callus who really got fleshed out and then you have the inquisitors and i'm like what like the entire concept of this is so cool to me. Uh, And then going into some really big themes of the temple and Vader in the beginning, you're like, holy crap. And of course, he's got this Macquarie concept. And just this season was so Star Wars. And there were so many things about this season that really I just I loved. And I think this season for me was I, I didn't know that Maul was back as like a real character too. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like looking around. I'm like, is this show blowing people's minds right now? And like everyone at Clone Wars is like, oh, <laughs> this guy just showed up to the party. Uh, but really it, this this season, I think it's really what solidified Rebels to me as this is one of the greatest Star Wars story series of all the saga. 
Agreed. No, you're not. You're, you're not alone. I watched Rebels before I watched Clone Wars too. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I again, again, my my lack of support for um family and child killer Anakin is one of the reasons that kept me away <laughs> from Clone Wars for a long time. But Ahsoka Tano is one of the reasons I dove in, and then which was kind of cool because you know I'm a big fan of the original release of not a big fan, but you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, it's like you read Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And then later when you read Magician's Apprentice, then you go back. So to see Rex show up for me, I was like, oh, cool. That's a clone. And then to go back and watch Clone Wars, I'm like, oh, he's the clone. The yeah. clone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay. Like that really, that really like threw everything out. And then, then that made, since Clone Wars wasn't finished, that made when they brought in season seven, and threw in uh, Caleb Dune's, you know, last stand. Like, oh no, that was Bad Batch. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. Bad Batch, actually, season one. But um, yeah, it just, I don't know. I like having those little nuggets and then they get revealed a little while later. Steven, did you feel like watching this and then retro retroactively going back and watching Clone Wars, my biggest regret of doing that was that I didn't get that <gasps> moment, like, we all do if you're caught up with all the Star Wars story and every time there's a new television show now, we get those gasps. We get, you know, seeing Bo-Katan in live action for the first time was like, <gasps> versus my friends who have no idea who Bo-Katan is because they don't watch yeah. any animated stuff. They were just like, oh, she's got cool armor and everyone else is freaking out, right? Did you kind of like, do you look back on that like the same way that I do and kind of think, oh man, like that Rebels would have been even that much better if you would have had those that knowledge. You know, that's a really good question. It's um, there's there's a lot of canon, non-canon in my head. Like I remember when you know Hansel and the Lost Legacy, the novel came out. You know, and those things don't even attach themselves anymore. But when I watch this, like my wife is not a Star Wars person at all. Dreams do come true, and <laughs> she loves the Mandalorian. But like things that. I'll get excited about or that my kids get excited about because they've seen all the shows. It just adds a little bit more, but she still understands what's going on. So it's yeah. like, that's just good storytelling. Like the last uh, season two of Mandalorian, like as soon as the X-Wing pulled up, like my daughter went, Luke. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we don't know anything yet. Let's just watch. And then he gets out and I was like, oh crap. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. like, oh, she called it first. Good for her. You know? So it's like, it meant something. And for that, even my wife was like, oh, that's Luke Skywalker, you know? So it's, I don't know. I think it's, um, because if you go back and dive into all the Clone Wars and say you, oh, I don't know, get to the episodes with just, you know, the droid squadron with the little guy, you might go, wait, why am I, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of filler. <laughs> well, like we said, hardly any filler here. So it's going to be even tougher to recommend skipping anything but we'll give you a list regardless so let's go ahead and get into the overview another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. This was tough because 
It is so action-packed. So I went ahead and included in this episode's to skip list anything that's a backstory. But in our, our quick overview of each one, you'll get little nuggets of what you should watch or what you might want to consider watching. And this can be for someone who's watching Rebels for the first time or somebody who's re-watching. It's up to you. So episodes to skip, potentially. Six, seven, eight, 14, 15, 16, 19, and 20. So that's eight out of the 22 episodes of this season. It's still not a short season to watch. I mean, they are 22-minute episodes, so it's not too bad. I did it all in two days. But there it is. There's the list. And we'll uh, remind you at the end. The opening episode is part one of a two-part thing, just like they did with season one. Episode one is The Siege of Lothal, part one. This gets straight into it with the ghost crew being on the run. Vader's in it in the first five minutes. Big presence. Ahsoka is fully part of the team. It's obvious that like she's, she's on board for this whole season. Um, they do a sweet stolen stormtrooper armor kind of thing. Real A New Hope throwback. There's some dark stuff with the Empire. The Empire's like really, you know, they're really settling in thematically that the Empire is terrible. They're just blasting shit left and right. Stormtroopers just murdering everyone. We get the first Jedi mind trick thing happening right off the top. And then Darth Vader arrives at the end. It's a big episode. What's funny about this whole, this episode is I worked with Ashley before Rebels came out. And I remember her telling me, she's like, they're bringing Ahsoka back. And I was like, nice. (laughs) What? I can do nothing with this. Just sit on that secret. So I just went, that's cool. And that was it. Like, (laughs) you know, it's nothing to be done. But I mean, it was years and years ago and like, whatever. But it's just kind of cool that that's just a thing that people would want to know. And she's just, I don't know, canon, canon. And then part two, episode two, Siege of Lothal, part two. There's a big Vader showdown. All this stuff is like an absolute don't miss. Do never skip this under any circumstances, these two episodes. There's a great line that Vader says to Ezra as he's kicking the shit out of him and Kanan. Your master has deceived you into believing you can become a Jedi. And then there's a great conversation between Kanan and Ezra because they don't know who or what Darth Vader is, which is an awesome, awesome moment. Kanan, what was that? Another Inquisitor? No, something worse. What? A Sith Lord, the ancient enemy of the Jedi. How do we fight him? fight him Ezra we were lucky to survive so we've all known Darth Vader literally our whole lives Stephen not your entire life because of your age it's true (laughs) I'm older than hip-hop too (laughs) (laughs) but uh he's like the most famous recognizable villain of all time so it's a really cool moment when they're like what is that who is that you know it's just like the end of Rogue One when they have no idea what this demon coming down the hallway is so it's really really cool it's just such a funny concept to me that this is a galaxy far far away with warped hyperdrive speed lightsabers all this stuff but it seems like there's no concept of like the news you know <laughs> like there's no yeah. like they don't have any like there's a big bad guy uh named emperor palpatine and his right hand man darth vader leading the charge like they don't know who these people are and it's it's such a funny like kind of suspension of disbelief on our part that we have to just be like yeah no i guess that's how it is i just listened to a, an episode of a rebel specific podcast i don't remember which one but they talk about things like that and the idea of like an entire planet being able to be wiped out 
not with a single blast, but like something like uh, the Lasat Homeworld mm-hmm. that can just fly under the radar somehow. Yeah, but there's there's a really good discussion about potentially because the galaxy is so huge, shit just gets lost. Like it just doesn't get communicated to everyone, and not every planet is as developed as others. You can reason it away. Yeah, every third planet's a desert. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, though, what's also interesting is that we have all this communication available to us here on Earth as humans together. Does anyone know about the Weather Underground, the group in the 1960s? I don't know what that is. So, Okay, so go ahead and look it up, and you'll be like, wait a minute, what? This happened? And the fact that no one talks about it goes to show you that if there is a technique, that need, there is something that happened that needs to be smothered, there's a good chance it can get smothered. I mean, we didn't, we yeah. didn't know, we didn't know about the Tuskegee Airmen. We didn't know there were so yeah. many things that were going on that by the time we got into World War II, no, we weren't getting in because of genocide against people. We got in to stop losing continents. So there's a lot of interesting things when we come on here where we always talk about, like, we're like, how could, how could no one know what the Jedi are? Like, what the heck, yeah. you know? And it goes to show you in our own world, in our own country, there's a lot of history that if it doesn't bear repeating, it goes away. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. if you're looking at like the Galactic Empire as being like what, what whatever they want the people to know is what they're going to know. So it's it's I always love that parallel. No propaganda. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's literally propaganda in this show with this awesome stormtrooper poster that I yeah. know. You know what I mean? I want one. They did a press kit, and I have one for Rebels somewhere where they released propaganda posters and it was there was one for the inquisitor there was one for you know joining the imperial academy like learn how to fly like and they were very very cool and they had that um what's the what's the language Arvesh. yes yeah so it's like it's all that on the outside of this like rubber envelope that it's so nerdy and wonderful <laughs> and then this episode wraps up with another sick moment ahsoka and kanan force connecting to vader or what they they don't know yet is vader to try to figure out what the hell he is and it's the moment where you know you get the close-up on ahsoka's face you get the close-up on vader's face or his helmet she realizes who it is we don't know actually we don't know fully if she fully accepts it and realizes it yet because there's that moment later in the season but vader does and his line the apprentice lives is like some serious goosebump inducing shit like right now everywhere Mm. on me and then um, the Emperor hollow call at the end where he says the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker survived so-and-so. Another great moment. So, again, no reason under any circumstances to skip episodes one and two. Isn't that cool how they planted that? Like, so that, what do you mean she lives? She died? But, I mean, we've known she's been around, but what do you mean she died? And then mm-hmm. they finally get around to season seven, and it ends with her squad. So he, for all yeah. intents and purposes... But I don't know. I, I dig that kind of um, full arc understanding of your character. And who knows how many shows we've watched that have been canceled, not done, that just had such overreaching storylines that were always like, I wonder what happened. I'm like, no, you don't need to wonder. They probably wrote it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's in some notebook somewhere. Yes. All right. Episode three, The Lost Commanders. This is the return of the dude himself, the clone, Captain Rex, along with Gregor and Wolf on a planet called Celos. It's awesome. I won't go in too deep, but we, we get um, Kanan telling the story of Order 66, which we then see full-on in Bad Batch later. Rex talking about fighting 
alongside Ahsoka Tano. Great conversation between Ezra and Rex. And th- there are just so many references to the Clone Wars days. And this ends on a to-be-continued, picks up episode four, Relics of the Old Republic. And th- this, ki- this kind of like friendship is beginning to develop a little bit more, but there's still a lot of distrust with yeah, Kanan. Kanan, Kanan yeah. just cannot get over the fact. I mean, eventually he does, but... It's really cool. It's uh, it's kind of a, you know, it, it's almost like you're talking to your TV, like, Kanan, dude, it's okay. They took their chips out, you know, but like yeah. he just can't get, <laughs> he can't get it through his skull. And it's so cool to hear, like now having rewatched Rebels after the Bad Batch, it's just like, it was just written so well, just woven so nicely into the Bad Batch based on the dialogue that, that they put in place here, the seeds that they planted. It's just great stuff, and I just found myself smiling through the whole episode because the clones are great, and I came to love the clones through the Clone Wars. There's, um, oh, <laughs> there's also a great moment where the clones are in their walker, and they're taking on these, like, three AT-ATs, right? And they're just getting blasted. They're getting just, like, destroyed, but they're not giving up, and it's so much fully Lieutenant Dan with the storm in mm-hmm. uh, Forrest Gump yeah. meets, like, the Monty Python Black Knight it's just a scratch thing. And they actually, there is a line. I think he says just a scratch or some shit like that, right? It's really good. And then uh, we get the, the Rex and Ahsoka reunion at the end and everyone cries. By everyone, I mean definitely me. That was a, a really big moment. And if you were a fan of the Clone Wars and like kind of somehow not a fan of the Rebels up until that point, but sort of watching and didn't see that, oh, we're getting a lot of these Clone Wars characters and some storylines like kind of not totally picking up, but at least reference being referenced. Then like, I feel like just seeing Ahsoka and Rex embrace is like a, that's a pretty big moment. That's like an overall pretty big moment in all of Star Wars. I feel like. Absolutely. Episode five, always two. There are, this is a, a mission for medical supplies at an abandoned Clone Wars era medical station which we've seen a few times in Clone Wars. It's the one when you see it overhead, it's in the shape of the Republic logo. Mm-hmm. It's got real horror suspense vibes. It's cool. It's really cool. I enjoy it. It would be skippable if not for the introduction of the new Inquisitors. So for that reason, do not miss. The seventh sister and the fifth brother show up. They're hunting the crew. And it ends with Kanan beside himself and the line, we have no idea what we're up against. There's some really great backstory in the comics on the Inquisitors. Yeah. That they, that they sneak in. That's pretty cool. And, and how Vader treats them when he first meets them. It's pretty good. That's in the Vader, the same series that like Vader Down is in and whatnot? It, yeah, I think it's, I, I want to say Kieran Gillen. I could be wrong. Kieran Gillen, Charles Soule, some of the stuff they wrote were just pretty. Yeah. Just the way his just, that whole Sith thing of always wondering if you're going to be replaced. And then yeah, yeah. the Emperor unbeknownst to vader has you know eight force wielders <laughs> yeah and i think vader kind of lets them know like it doesn't really matter how good you are just so you know. yeah <laughs> episode six brothers of the broken horn this is the first skippable one i would say this is a true just skip it if you need to cut for time this isn't a backstory this is the reintroduction of hondo for this season hello my friends <laughs> <laughs> Visago's back, Lando's back. It's a little side quest. The idea is that uh, Ezra learns lessons. He used to be like Hondo. He used to be always out for himself, but he has this new family now. So that's the point of that episode. Episode seven, also on the skippable list, 
but it has some pretty sweet stuff that ties in. It's the introduction of the B-Wing, like literally the first time that this ship existed in this universe. My favorite ship. Really? Beautiful ship. So my, my, my favorite ship. I love it. I mean, outside of Millennium Falcon, Millennium Falcon is like, that's like the echelon. Like I don't, that's just assumed when you talk to me, Millennium right, right. Falcon, but, but the B-Wing, I like, I have that toy still from when it came mm-hmm. out and it's got a little gyroscope in it. So when you spin it, it keeps the cockpit, you know? Oh, nice. And it's really, really great. It does hold well in the hand to fly as a kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, like a TIE fighter. It's about how you can hold it. That's a good one. So cool episode, but skippable. There. Hera is promoted to Phoenix leader at the end by Commander Sato, so it's cool for that, but it's skippable if you need to. Episode 8, also on the skip list. This does introduce a character who then shows up later, but I don't think it's that consequential. You know, and not so much that it, it would be life or death if you missed her actual introduction. It's someone that Sabine knows from back in the day. It's a bounty hunter named Ketsu Onyo. She's pretty sweet. Also known as Zoe Washburn from Firefly. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's Gina Torres does the voice. So she's that that's why it was so incredibly goofy that, you know, Firefly was such a good show, you know, space Western. And that's kind of what Star Wars started out being, you know, and to have her show up and be able to say, yeah, I'm in both. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping for Mandalorian, like she shows up or Ahsoka, she shows up because she could play herself. It pretty much they drew it. It's her likeness, you know. Mm. Episode nine, Stealth Strike. This is on the watch list. It's just a fun episode. Like nothing super consequential happens, but it is a good little vignette of what it's like to be a clone and have to deal with these these damn new stormtroopers. Who the hell are these guys kind of thing with Rex? He has to go in disguised in stormtrooper armor. It doesn't fit. He can't see out of the helmet. <laughs> it's just really fun if you're into the Clone Wars. Is this the first you shoot like a stormtrooper joke in Rebels? I think... Yeah, you, you really shoot be, like a yeah. stormtrooper. Oh, this helmet. And then he takes off the helmet. Then he, you know, it's really good. It's like the longest running inside joke of Star Wars is that the stormtroopers yeah. can't hit the broad side of a bantha. It upsets me so much, though, speaking of stormtroopers who can't shoot, that Jason Sudeikis was the one punching Grogu. I just, oh, God, I wanted to commit murder so badly <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Wanted that to be our boy Ted Lasso, you know? It's rough. Baby puncher. Episode 10, Future of the Force, this is dope because this this provides a lot of insight into what the Empire is doing with Force-sensitive kids, that the, the mission is to find them and either turn them into Inquisitors or some kind of dark side user or just eliminate them because of the threat that they pose as potential new Jedi. And the, the kid is, uh, what's, what species is the kid? I'm not going to remember. It's a non-human either way. Um, there, Ahsoka's in this one. There's showdown with the seventh sister. It's fun. Not not a total like must see, but not a skip. We actually have a seventh sister action figure. Nice. And a, and an Ahsoka Black Series action figure that mm. would be worth a lot more had they not played with it, which is also <laughs> cool. Got to buy two. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Um, the baby Adam is an Ithorian. Oh, nice. Okay. So Inquisitors are trying to get this baby. It's bad business. It sucks. For those of you playing Alien Baby Bingo, it was Ithoria, if you got that. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Episode 11, Legacy. This goes into Ezra and his parents going back to Lothal, trying to figure out, trying to learn some things about what happened to his parents. There's a contact character played by Clancy Brown, writer Azadi, 
he knew Ezra's parents. He was the governor of Lothal when Ezra was little. He was uh, ousted, accused of treason, all this kind of stuff. It's a good episode that provides a little insight and a little character development for Ezra. So definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's good, like, closure. I mean, obviously sad for Ezra, but I feel like he got some closure in that episode for sure regarding his parents. Yeah. He has a vision at the end where they kind of, they walk up on him. He's on, at the tower overlooking what the city used to look like. So it's really good for that. I would watch that for sure. Is that supposed to be implied like he can now see like, that's like a force ghost kind of thing, or that's just his powers growing or just, or do, are we thinking that's a memory? I took it just like, uh, you know, like the Kylo Ren moment or Ben Solo moment when he remembers Han, but it's, it's not a true force vision. It's not a force ghost. It's just in his memory. He, he can manifest it, I guess. Yeah. The judges accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 12, Princess on Lothal. If for no other reason, watch this damn thing to see Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan in the building. It's really great. The voice is so spot on. All the attitudes there, it's, it's great. Yeah, just uh, her tone of like exactly her attitude, how she presents herself. Because I guess, what is this, five years before? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is uh, technically, what is she supposed to be, 13 or 14 in this then? Aren't Luke and her 18 in A New Hope? 19, yeah. 19, yeah. 19. So does that put her on par with Ezra? Must be, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that would make sense. But she comes in wearing the mom pants, like, <laughs> everybody come, get your shit together. That action figure we found, like, at a five below, like, on <laughs> sale. <Nice>. And my, <laughs> it's literally on my daughter's nightstand. That's dope. And forever in a day, you know, kids, like, what's your favorite princess? And it's like, Leia. Yeah, exactly. Duh. Yeah, obviously. Have we met? <laughs> <laughs> There's also a great moment where Kanan takes out an ATAT, chopping its legs with his lightsaber. Just a great shot and a super just badass moment for Kanan. You know, we see how powerful he actually is. I mean, the first thing I thought was, why the hell didn't Luke just do that? (laughs) But then two seconds later, I thought, okay, in the same movie, a few minutes later, Luke is struggling to just force pull his lightsaber from the snow. Mm -hmm. So Not quite there. He didn't meet Yoda yet, you know? Yoda helped. Yeah, no training. Good point. He's too old. Too old to begin the training. And then... They, uh, they, they had this whole ploy to, to steal this ship and make it look like it was stolen without Leia's help because they can't implicate Alderaan in, in this, this game of chess with them being part of the Rebel Alliance and so on. So it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a cool plan the way they, the way they pull it off. It's, it's, it's classic Leia stuff. It's good. Episode 13, The Protector of Concord Dawn. Here we come with the Mandalorians in the building. This is really good conflict between Kanan and Sabine about how to handle the Mandalorians and the the difference in their philosophies of the Jedi versus the Mandalorians, that kind of warrior culture versus the, what's supposed to be a more Buddhist adjacent kind of philosophy with the Jedi. They end up both kind of using their strengths to communicate. I won't say too much, but a character named Fenral is there that there's this alignment between the, the, the people of Concord Dawn which is, you know, a moon of Mandalore. There's a, an alliance between them and the, the Empire, and our crew is trying to kind of, they're trying to break through that. It's, it's interesting shit. And especially if you watch The Clone Wars, this is going to be something to watch because it's connecting a lot of dots and it's planting a lot of seeds for future stuff. Absolutely, a don't miss. The one thing that I think is cool as far as like, oh, I never even thought that could 
be a thing in Star Wars was, you know, Hera's ship was getting pretty lit up by the Mandalorians there. And uh, Sabine leaves her because I think Hera may have told her to jump to hyperspace and, and go. So then Sabine meets up with the ghost. Kanan's like, where's Hera? And Hera actually comes in. Last you saw her ship was being like just blown to bits basically. But she must have hit hyperspace just in the nick of time. And she yeah. comes out of hyperspace unconscious and her ship is like on fire and blown blown apart basically. So just the thought of like being in hyperspace while your ship is blown to bits is like kind of a crazy concept. Yeah, it's a really beautifully done shot too, the way mm-hmm. she falls out of hyperspace super fast and it's already smoking, like you said, and it's kind of tilted and it's just tumbling slowly. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really good. There's also um, a good moment in that episode where Sabine invokes the Mandalorian code to seek justice through single combat is what they say mm-hmm. challenges Fen Rao because she claims clan Ren house Vizsla and Vizsla being death watch. They call her a traitor. It's really dope stuff now for, you know, this would be something if somebody who uh, maybe watches the Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett, but hasn't watched the clone wars. Maybe this is one to go watch before the next season, if nothing else. I think Disney Plus did that. I think they connected all of the Mandalorian Rebels and Clone Wars episodes like as like a little playlist almost. Oh, so nice. Could figure it out because the big purplish Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, like he was a Visla. Yeah. And, Paz um, and then you, What's his name? Paz Visla. Was that was that was that John Favreau? Was that the one or? Yeah. It was John Favreau voicing with Tate Fletcher as the actor, and Tate Fletcher is the same guy in the very beginning first episode when he comes when that guy with the big beard and the bald head comes up and he's like is that real Beskar and Mando beats the crap out of him same same guy oh right on beat you da Mando yeah okay oh I love that episode 14 Legends of the Lasat this is on the skip list only because it is a backstory I think it's cool to watch so as long as you're not backstory averse get in there and watch this it's Zeb's backstory. It's the backstory of his people who he thought were all dead, thought he was the only one. And it also gets into some stuff that is very Rebels, talking about seasons upcoming, and is also very Clone Wars. Further exploration of what the Force is outside of the Jedi-Sith binary. So the the Lasat or the Lasan, I, I don't know how the, the plural singular thing works with Lasat and Lasan. Maybe Lasat is the people. Lasan is the culture. And the either way, I think it's Lasan or the Lasat. Yeah, they refer to the Force as the Ashla. You know, just like Earth's religion, oh, different interpretations of the same concepts, same archetypes. We'll get more into uh, that in the Den of Antiquities because there's there's a cool little Easter egg with that. There's a prophecy of which it turns out Zeb is part of. And this all unfolds. There, there's the original home world of the Lasat that they find. It's fun stuff. If you want to get a little wacky and get into some non-standard force stuff with Star Wars, watch this. If you're just trying to blaze through and get watch the the old school stuff, yeah, you can Good skip. Zeb fan. Man, you said. I mean, you said skip, but like you're you're kind of digging this episode. I, <laughs> it's it's dope. But for anyone who's like, man, I don't know about this cartoon crap, you know, and you just want. <laughs> Classic Star Wars, okay. I guess cross it off and then come back and watch it after you're sold. See, yeah. see, like, like save me from prophecies, multiverses, and time travel. 
you know, <laughs> like when it comes to any sci-fi fantasy stuff and like, oh, I love Zeb. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, and there's a prophecy. I'm like, come on, man, chosen this, chosen that. <laughs> and it's like, at least this chosen one is the original Wookiee model. So at least that's cool. Yeah. And as far as we know, he's killed no children. As far as we know, he's killed I'm very pro Zeb. <laughs> like that's, we're trying to get that to complete our Disney infinity set. Zeb's a good shit. I'm going to uh I'm going to disagree with our list here and say episode 15 is not skippable. All right, cuz I think I mentioned it on the last last episode. I think it's pretty important that you see that Ezra has uh some sort of connection to animals for a lack of a better term. That is a good point. The connection he has with the Purgle in episode 15 is a pretty big connection that comes back to like the finale of the entire series. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this one's not skippable. No, I agree. I think that's some pretty heavy force shadowing. Hey, Mm -hmm. yes, there are plenty of, I mean, sprinkled throughout almost the entire season. There are moments where Ezra connects with, or at least tries to connect with different species. Mm -hmm. So they, they lay that on pretty thick, but forgot about the end with the purgle so yep, yep. yeah i blew that episode 15 stays in it's going to be weird for some folks who been promoted episode 15 <laughs> yeah you're back plus you know you get to see this sick modified tie fighters that the mining guild has really cool those are badass like yellow badass. and black kind of really awesome. yeah. a giant part i just like that everything's a cool callback like empire strikes back you got the giant you know space slug so it's like, oh, an organic that lives in outer space. Okay, so that happens here. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then they they never fail to not address it. And I think that's great. Episode 16, if you're skipping backstory, you would skip this one. But it's a great backstory. So find time later in life if you're going to skip it now. Because this is Hera's backstory. They go to Ryloth. She squashes beef with her dad. Her dad... Shamsundula is a hero, the liberator of Ryloth, huge player in the Clone Wars. There's some really great Force stuff with Ezra and Kanan. Ezra does his first Jedi mind trick. It's a good episode, but if you have to skip it, I guess skip it. If you're into consistent alien accents, it's pretty positive. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing with if that. You're into, if you're into Expanse-style Belter Loda, then yeah, you're down with the Ryloth. <laughs> yeah. So she like a lot of people do when they're back in their hometown dips back into her native accent, which is French coincidentally mm. in space on other planets. But it's more like the accent of a French person speaking English. They don't speak French. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a bizarre thing right. when you think about it that way. <laughs> Rylothian Ry- patois. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Again, the, the whole Shamsundula history is dope. So maybe if you haven't watched Clone Wars yet and you're just watching this because the original trilogy vibes appeal to you, save this one for after you go catch up on Clone Wars. Maybe, perhaps. Episode 17, The Honorable Ones. This plants a big seed for a big character change later on. This is Zeb and Agent Callus stranded on a frozen planet. They're over Geonosis. This also plants the seeds for the Geonosis thing. You know, their escape pod kind of, it, it goes off course. They end up on this frozen moon. I think Callus's leg is broken, maybe, and so they have to work together to escape and not freeze to death. They tell each other their stories about why they hate each other's species. Callus has this terrible history taking credit for killing all the Lasat, but it turns out he was just kind of like the one who took credit for it, but didn't actually fully pull the trigger on the whole thing. He isn't, he's no Tarkin, so to speak. 
but they kind of make up, they go their separate ways, but seeds are planted for positive town in the future. It's the Shawshank Redemption of Rebels. <laughs> it truly was a Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Clancy Brown. I wonder how that was received in like current time, like where people like, oh, that was a boring episode or oh, that was a side quest or whatever. But clearly uh, it comes full circle yeah. a little later on. Episode 18, Shroud of Darkness. This is great stuff. Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka return to the Lothal Jedi Temple. The Inquisitors are on their tail. There's a great lightsaber battle. Ezra summons an animal, so here's another you know example of that. They speak to Yoda. Each of them has a force vision. Kanan has a force vision of the Temple Guard, who he then sees at the end is the Grand Inquisitor, used to be a Jedi. I don't know if it's... I guess it is supposed to be truly him, or in a, in a way represent him, his spirit there at the temple. Tells him that Ezra's being tempted by the dark side. Heavy seeds planted there. And Kanan's also knighted, a Jedi Knight of the Order there. Question, has this been like fully explained and fleshed out, like what this Force vision means? And if he was knighted in his own vision, is that sort of a metaphor for him coming to terms with like getting past his, his I guess, insecurities about being a Padawan who kind of hid his Force abilities? I don't know. What do you guys... Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I never thought of it that way. But I, don't, I mean, I'm going to... It's a vision, but I also feel like all of that stuff has like real life repercussions. So okay. I'm going to say it's all. It Kevin all happened. and the patrons think it's adjacent, which you know I I I think I'm on that line of thinking as well. Mm-hmm. You really do see so much character development in Kanan, and kind of this idea that a lot of Jedi throughout Star Wars kind of fall into their training haphazardly right or or times where they're not actually fully trained and that's part of their lesson is the i and it's kind of like the idea of when you know yoda tells luke all the knowledge is with the girl they're not in those texts you know and i feel like that's there's a lot of callback to the path of a jedi isn't linear for many yeah like the idea of the trials being being a formal thing that the jedi council used to run was kind of bullshit because when it comes down to it, they identify the trials retrospectively. Right. But typically, but even I'll, even with a shady situation, like when Ahsoka got kicked out and they brought her back and like, oh, mm, uh, turns out, I guess that was one of your trials. So you want to come back? Right. Right. But also <laughs> Dooku know? passed the trials. There's plenty. There have been right. plenty of Jedi that have fallen that that passed the trials. So at the, at the end of the day, it's like it's just college, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, fifth brother and seventh sister show up here. This exposes the temple. It's a big thing. Yeah, it's worth mentioning also where Ezra goes. I guess we said this last episode. There was a tease of the world between worlds. He then goes there again, speaks to Yoda. Yoda tells the story of the Jedi's fall. Really good stuff, which is, again, planting seeds for stuff that comes later, which really takes all this force shit to a whole other level that I think... Any fan who doesn't watch animation is really, really, really missing out on if they don't get this this little breadcrumb trail that leads to the larger uh, the larger view of the Force. There's also a, a Ahsoka's vision of, of of Anakin and Vader. Like, it's just it's so good. Yeah, kill a person if you have to. Don't miss this episode. Don't kill a person. Just yeah, that'd be very that'd be very Anakin. Don't kill do a whole room full of children if you have to to watch. Kill an adult, but don't kill. Well, 
Yeah, maybe avoid the murder part. It's not very Jedi-y. Okay. What you do is you should make a bunch of friends and then stop being friends with them and then become a Jedi because that's what they do. <laughs> it's great. It's mm-hmm. great for your mental health if you do that. Yeah. Turns out. Episode 19, The Forgotten Droid. This one you could truly skip. Aside from the fact that this protocol droid sounds exactly like Alan Rickman and this Imperial officer sounds exactly like Jesse Ventura. It's uh, it's a skippable one. It's a side quest for Chopper. He makes friends with another droid, with an Imperial droid, and, and liberates that droid. He then becomes part of the crew. It's fun. It's for the kids, but you can skip it. Which brings us to episode 20, The Mystery of Chopper Base, also on the skip list. Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka are about to leave for Malachor. Hera's bummed, concerned, scared. This is the first appearance of Morai, if I'm not mistaken, so there's that but it's really just kind of priming everybody for the finale. Would you guys agree? Is there anything else in here that... I think so. Morai not on Mortis? Was that not where Morai... But Morai shows up for the first time here. Yeah, so that's not... Right? In Rebels, that's what you mean? Okay. Bringing us to the two-part season finale, episodes 21 and 22, Twilight of the Apprentice, which we've already talked about aka some of the best star wars that exists period full stop period yeah god bless this episode like it's like they took the fight with um savage press maul and the emperor and like let's just make it into two episodes and make it awesomer <laughs> more <laughs> awesome know. like that's yeah. just like yeah. it's <laughs> i mean before we get like into details i mean just the idea of this overall like Sith temple and lore and what it looks like visually is like, oh my goodness, give us this in live action, you know, like give us the more like kind of uh, cross the line into sci-fi a little bit, you know, like Mm -hmm. that it looks so good. There's something very uh, late seventies, eighties sci-fi about it. It's it's Macquarie. It looks amazing. It's a Macquarie design, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's Macquarie and um and Pompeii, right? And that's what it's based on. Pompeii, all the burned up warriors, Oh, Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah oh, it's yeah. Gotcha. it's heavy, man. This episode is just so like And it's great that the two parter how part one, it's the return of Maul, which is the big thing, and the way they play it, it is truly the dark side version of Luke meeting Yoda. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So much. Even the line he says, Put away your weapon, I mean you no harm. Of course, yeah. he doesn't say it in reverse. He says it like a human. He says, you seek knowledge. You know, he says, why are you here? I'm trying to find the so-and-so. Like, oh, you seek knowledge. Just like Yoda saying, oh, you seek Yoda. And God, it, this is the way the reveal just kind of rolls out because the, the voice is a little different. So if you've watched Clone Wars, you don't necessarily recognize the voice right away and his face is shadowed. I can just, I can only imagine what it was like watching this real time if you had watched Clone Wars before. Even watching it, re-watching it, I was just like, Sitting here at my desk at two in the afternoon, just like goosebumps everywhere, like choked up, like, oh my God, it's so good. This is up there with, you know, like I, I need, I have an hour to kill or 45 minutes to kill or whatever. And you throw on the finale of season two of Mandalorian to see yeah. Luke show up or now episode six of Boba Fett to see Luke and Grogu. Like some of the newer non-movie stuff that is absolute must-see Star Wars, like this is absolutely on that list. You know, Clone Wars season seven finale, like some of the best stuff that there is and unmissable and just stuff if you want to feel good, but also cry. Yeah. This is on that list. There's also, there's something, a parallel that I'm probably only drawing because of my age. And this is, 
not a parallel to try to convince somebody to watch it uh, because this is not a good movie. But Karate Kid Three, mm. the uh, the friend of John Kreese, what's his name, played by the creepy ponytail guy, uh, who came back in My- Michael Ponytail. <laughs> so Michael Ponytail <laughs> shows up, and basically he's right. I just looked it up. It's Michael Ponytail. Seduces, seduces. Sed- that's the perfect word. He seduces uh, <laughs> Daniel and kind of turns him into a little asshole. And it's all this this mind game with him. And there's a lot of this going on with Maul. Ultimately, Maul is trying to make Ezra his apprentice, and he just he won't shut up with the my apprentice thing, and and it, it continues beyond this. Mm. It's just God. It's like it's scary to see how tempted Ezra is, and it's scary to think about what the true future of Ezra Bridger is in live action mm-hmm. or exciting or both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of this, there's a lot of foreshadowing, and uh, yeah, even at we'll get to episode twenty two, but there's there's kind of a, a one second little moment there. You're like, oh wait, oh. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think that anything post Jedi Order, which I mean, that didn't work out anyway, but any Luke and Yoda, Ezra and Kanan, like there's no literal order to fall back on. So the temptation of the dark side, I feel like it's it's kind of equal, yeah. you know, like the temptation of two Sith versus two Jedi. I mean, arguably the Sith are probably more powerful as two. Mm-hmm versus two Jedi. It took like an entire order and, you know, 10,000 Jedis to counteract, you know, Palpatine and Dooku during the, that era. So it's pretty tempting, especially when you're talking about like a 13, 14, 15 year old kid. Like, what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> they know nothing. <laughs> I think Nick is right. I mean, you, you, you think of all the things that you grew up with as Ezra's age was established. We're all guys here, so we can... You think of the influence that someone who appears to have power has over you, whether that's at school, whether that it's at church or wherever, like you just have this sense of the world has, hasn't been cruel enough to most of us. And that the idea that someone wants to help us or someone wants to like, you know, it's very easy to convince uh, someone who's young and impressionable exactly of that. And that's just that Mm -hmm. natural seduction of saying, well, if, if, if what they're saying, if I can't, automatically dismiss what they're saying then the longer i keep listening the more i'm going to maybe go along with it and that's mm-hmm. what exactly what maul knows he's doing yeah i mean dark side's finishing move is manipulation yeah. you know like their whole plan and finishing move is manipulation so oh yeah it's it's all that that's the whole thing is um for lack of a better term grooming right mm-hmm. and it's and it's always that oh there must be two okay you know, and you pick the what's what's the it's it's you know to build on it. It's like a, it's, it's, I always think about this. Like I haven't figured out yet, like what made the emperor the emperor. Like there has to be an impetus. It can't just be oh, I want all the power. I want everything. You know, something had to break you because hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right. Mm. And Anakin was hurt, and he took advantage. But like, like what made him go after Plagueis? Like what made him like? made him go, I will rule everything and kill all the people I don't like. Why? I don't know. Something had to, yeah. you're not born that way. You know, something turned you that way, mm. you know, sociopathy aside and um, lack of empathy or whatever, but there has to be, you got to love something enough to want to control it. So there has to be something there. I've always been trying to figure that out with the emperor. Like what is, what was that point that shifted? And I've looked at the books and I remember reading the return of the Jedi novel as a kid and being like, I need a heel turn. Yeah. It's got to be one. 
and mm-hmm. I haven't found it yet with the Emperor, and I'm waiting to see. One day. Yeah, it's, they probably wrote it. They're just waiting on it. Star Wars is never going to end. We'll get it. All right, so we're on Malachor, this planet that they were told to go to. They're going there to find information about who Vader is and unlock this mystery. It's a forbidden planet. Jedi were forbidden to go there because it's there's a Sith temple there and all this stuff, right? Oh, also, lastly, just Maul and Ahsoka meeting at the end of this episode. Can you imagine, again, think about watching this real time. Well, you couldn't. Interesting. Maybe that's why it's hitting me more, because I watched this after watching the season finale of Clone Wars, or the series finale, season seven. Mm-hmm. That battle that they had, all that shit. God, it, dude, isn't, can you just like... I want to say it's mentioned, you know? Like, I did. does Maul not say something to the effect of, like, I haven't seen you since the Siege of Mandalore or something like that? They say something about, like, she, there was a, like, when last we saw, there was a fight like yeah. there was something mentioned which again yeah telegraphs everything referenced i just like when they go up the little force elevator and it's uh i'll be fine because <laughs> yeah. she's she's like yeah I'm, I'm not like right that's the most badass thing ever like i'm not concerned about sith dude yeah mm-hmm. she's just the shit all right so episode 22 it all really hits the fan in this it opens with this battle with kanan ezra and ahsoka with the inquisitors fifth brother seventh sister eighth brother Maul, I, I love how he keeps calling her Lady Tano, too. It's amazing. Uh, so they, they break up in pairs, and that's where we really get in deep with this Ezra and Maul stuff as they're trying to get to the top of this this temple with the obelisk at the top because there's a holocron, and they have to they have to get the Sith holocron in there, supposedly. This is what Maul's telling him. And everything about their conversations going up and then the way everything unfolds, Maul goes back down and engages in the fight and then fights Kanan and then blinds him like oh god it's just like the most epic cinematic level storytelling shit it's very star wars where it's like there's one battle in one scene another battle in another scene and you're just mm-hmm. you're going back to and forth between these like epic confrontations it's so good you know can i i was laughing when i was watching this because anytime there are stairs or steps mm-hmm. that they have to go up. They're the most steep stairs ever. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like they're like, they're like really just running up. Like I want to say like five flights of stairs in like three leaps, you know, I'm like, oh. yeah, but it doesn't look like they're using the force. They just look like very like cartoony characters, like running up steps, yeah. but the steps are like almost straight up. I'm like, steps use. are definitely not up to current code <laughs> what we had there were no handrails what we should have asked about <laughs> well, we should not. have asked the kids about their opinion on helicopter lightsabers oh mm. helicopter lightsaber it, it's something you don't want to rely on it's something you want to do flight tests before you take off because turns out if one gets damaged your ass is dead <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time it's yep. it's weird because there's a lot of bending of what you would think is any law of physics yeah so mm-hmm. if it's a, a beam of light does not support air, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if it's a laser beam, like, it cuts through. That, by nature, it cuts and burns and all that. So, like, if I have two candles and I'm spinning them, chances are, you know, it would have to, I don't know, but maybe it's a hot air thing. Who knows? Because they're... Well, in theory... Oh, here we go. <laughs> in theory, a lightsaber has mass, and it's contained by whatever, right? So if it has mass and it can move air... Someone said... And I don't know who I wish I knew because it's a great idea that if being able to move things with the force, um, distract things, physically move objects, if you're a Jedi, why don't you just 
use the force and turn off the other Jedi's lightsaber. Okay. <laughs> you know what, guys? Let me remind you, there's no sound in space. And in 1977, the opening crawl of the Corvette running away from the Star Destroyer should have told you this is not going to be the series for you. Oh, so no. So everyone just relax. <laughs> Dude, I. you know what? Somebody, everyone who listens, go leave a comment in Corridor Crew's latest video. Or no, go find the one about uh, the lightsaber duel that they did a few months ago. Leave a comment in there. Tell them to make a video where a Jedi and a Sith are fighting each other and the whole time all they're doing is turning off each other's lightsabers and trying to turn them back on. No, stop it. No, stop. Trying to cover the button. Yeah, yeah. Quit it. Yeah. Yeah, I love how many times... In Rebels, like people are just in outer space with like just a helmet on, as if the only <laughs> thing to worry about when you're in outer space is to breathe. All. Be like, oh yeah, it might also be like a billion below zero. But that well. was—I remember that in the old Marvel comics of Star Wars, there was a cover and it was just Han with you know just a mask on. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> you know, in space. Yeah. So it's like their concept of space. You know. I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, Han's a working man. You know, he's he's got thick skin. You know, he doesn't need that suit. He don't need that crap. <laughs> the cold vacuum of space does not bother him. It's a man's man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's he, funny. <laughs> he also walks away from explosions in slow motion without flinching. It's true. These are things you should know about that kind of man. <laughs> he didn't really do that. Okay. Um, no. What else about this um, before we get to, to the big moment? I got to say, who are, is, is, the, is the big moment like the... The little blinking light reveal, is that what you're thinking? The the ship obviously coming in? Uh, I would say I'm no Jedi. It's the the showdown yeah. and the, the conversation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I think whoever storyboarded this was probably Filoni, who knows? But oh, like that, 100%. When all of a sudden you look and see just, you know, the lights from above, just one blink, one blink, mm-hmm. one blink, one blink. Oh, it's just beautiful. like you're like, because mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. There's nothing saying it should be, but you just know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, uh there are movies that aspire to be as good as these two episodes. 100%. You're right. Yeah, cinematic. And then just him, am I thinking of the right? He's on top of yes. the high yeah. ground. Yeah, it yes. comes in, you know, portable high ground. That's so, yeah. <laughs> portable high ground. Bring, in, bring the high ground with you, wherever you are. Yeah, I mean, that's just stuff. Make a list of, like, dream things to see in Star Wars. It's like, yeah, he's fl- he's piloting the TIE fighter while he's standing <laughs> yeah. on it, mm-hmm. and he just looks like the most badass thing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so good. Oh, my see, he goodness. he could turn off a lightsaber with the Force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could do it. There's a great moment that's in a comic. I don't remember which one, where Vader bails out of his TIE fighter in space while it's moving and takes out some other ships I forget exactly what happened. I know. It's in Lords of the Sith. It's in a novel. Okay. Oh, wow. Sure, yeah. it, it's moments like that, moments like this that really give us, and, and we'll see in Kenobi, exactly why everyone is so terrified of Darth Vader. You know, not the, not the old guy with the, with the rickety bones in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he rips. Great shit. And then, so, Ahsoka has a showdown with him. They battle. Ahsoka kind of beats him for a minute, you know, damages his helmet. You see his skin. You see his eye. You hear the mix of the two voices of Anakin Skywalker, voiced by Matt Lanter, and the Darth Vader, voiced by James Earl Jones' voice, and there's a split second where you wonder if there's actually a little bit of Anakin peeking through out of the darkness. You wonder if his resolve as a Sith is shaken for a moment. And Ahsoka has a little moment of hope as well, really hearkening back to Luke in Return of the Jedi with Vader. 
she tells him she's not going to leave him again, you know, because she's got all this guilt from when she left the Jedi Order, right? And there's this long, dramatic pause where you're looking into his eye and you're just like hoping to see some real glimmer of the real Anakin coming through. And then it just all goes downhill. I won't leave you. Not this time. Then you will die. Ezra yells for her. He wants to come to her aid. Kanan wants to come help, but she she says no. She pushes him away very much the same way that Rey pushed Finn back when she was in the middle of her battle with Kylo Ren in The Rise of Skywalker. The door shuts. The battle resumes. And at that point in Star Wars history, most people probably thought Ahsoka was dead. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I remember watching it when it came out and, you know, you see him leaving all beat to hell, but you see her, you see something moving and then you see, uh, I always pronounce it wrong. Morai? What's the, Morai, Morai. you see that. So you're like, okay, yeah. so she's cool. There's hope, yeah. But it, this is, I don't know how much of a, a seed was planted for what the idea was in the future, but well, there was definitely hope left there. And that was the beginning of Ashley Eckstein's Ahsoka Lives, Ahsoka Lives hashtag and, and movement. Mm-hmm. And whether that was meant to be literal, whether or not she knew anything, or whether it was the idea of Ahsoka as an idea living on. Either way, yeah, there was the hope there. You could also draw a parallel, too, with, uh, I guess, we're, we're in spoiler territory even for future seasons here, but uh, mm-hmm. how Ahsoka pushes away Kanan and Ezra, and then how... Right, Kanan sort of does that. Yeah, mm. I guess it's season four mm. coming up. He he kind of does that same move. I won't totally spoil what happens, but he does that. He pulls that same move. Mm. Speaking of same moves and throwbacks and references and deep cuts and shit, let's get into the den of antiquities. For over a thousand generations, it is the dark side. Oh gosh, it's a Calicore. a Sith wayfinder, dark science, cloning. Welcome to the Den of Antiquities. We have a handful. I'm just going to kind of blaze through these. Starting in episode two, part two of the Siege of Lothal, Lando's droid, which we saw similar models of in season one, and I forgot to call this out. That droid is for sure based on the original Ralph McQuarrie concept for 3PO. He's kind of painted some different colors in this, but the it's got that kind of um, ridge down the forehead, a lot more 70s looking, a lot campier kind of... Uh, uh, Buck Rogers kind of era. Super dope. Well, who do you know who Ralph McQuarrie based it off of, right? Like what movie? No. It's a Metropolis, right? It's the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Way back when, the female robot in Metropolis. That's right. So, all the way back because George Lucas is such a fan. Episode four, Gregor, the clone, is wearing a tank top with a logo on it. The logo is from the diner that he used to work at in the Clone Wars when you know, he, he had lost his memory of being a clone and they met up with him and he was just like a bus boy, right? The restaurant was called Power Sliders and you can see the logo on the, uh, oh, on the tank top. Catch. That's awesome. That's so great. Graphic tees in Star Wars. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I kind of want that. It probably exists. You could probably go on like Tee Public or something. 100% <laughs> it's yeah. there. It's there. Speaking of logos, episode four, Hondo's Pirate Gang logo. It's on the back of his jacket. That's also on a flag 
at Maz Kanada's cantina in The Force Awakens, hanging over the entrance, all those flags. The Wampa uh, skull. Nice. I think I'm on a positive. Is it Rancor? No, definitely Wampa. I feel like I should know that. Hondo's kind of my guy. When we see Hondo first, though, in episode four, he's listening to the same song as when we saw him first in The Clone Wars. I don't know if that song is available anywhere on a soundtrack. Is it on the Clone Wars soundtracks? Mm. If it is, we need to get it for Mosh Eisley. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. Episode 7, Wings of the Master, the Mon Calamari character, who is the engineer who built the B-Wing, his name's Quarry. That is a reference to Ralph McQuarrie. Whose nephew is married to the science teacher at my kid's school. No way. Mrs. McQuarrie. Yeah. Nice. So I went up to her and I was like, McQuarrie, huh? And she went, yeah. He's like, my husband's like uncle, great uncle something. And I was like, do the other kids know? And she went, I don't think they care. And I'm like, I'll make sure they care. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? God. In episode 10, the future of the Force, the baby kidnapped is named Allura, which is a reference to the baby in Willow named Elora, E-L-O-R-A. Allura Dannon. Willow coming back. Yeah. Allura Dannon, also a character in the Great Reservation Dogs series, if you haven't seen that yet. Episode 12, Princess on Ryloth, Leia's outfit matches the concept art, again, by Ralph McQuarrie. Episode 14, Legends of the Lasat. Chaya mentions the Ashla, which is, like we said, their version of the Force or their interpretation of the Force. But it's also the original name for the light and dark side of the Force in Lucas's early notes. The idea of the Ashla and the Bogan, <laughs> I guess he hadn't been to Australia at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Ashla is also Ahsoka's original name, which I guess was in Filoni's notes when they were developing her character. Mm-hmm. Ashla and Bogan are also the the two moons of Tython. Oh, nice. Tython was the was the planet in Mandalorian season two where mm-hmm. Boba shows up. Bogans. I like the idea that because, you know, the Lasat here have different names for the Force. I know, I assume, I haven't read all the, the kind of this newest Thrawn trilogy. You know, like, I feel like they, you know, the, the Chiss also tap into the Force, but call it something else, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that it's all out there, but we're focusing on the Force and the Jedi because that's what it's called, but it's it's known and used in some sense by other uh, species out there. Star Trek Five, Double dumbass on you. Close enough, that's for that's that a movie. But that's okay. No one watches Five. Okay. <laughs> This next one we learned in the Bad Batch, right? The Bad Batch flashback with Hera. We found out that she's had Chopper since she was a little kid, but it turns out that she found and rescued Chopper and built, repaired him, you know, brought him back to life herself. Made him more murdery. He was a Y-Wing, yeah. right? Astromech, right? That sounds right. Because there is, isn't there an episode, maybe not this Crash season. Crash Y-Wing, where, right? Yeah, where he's going to get in a Y-Wing. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bad experience. Not going to go. <laughs> and I love that Dave Filoni is Chopper. It's amazing. Also in episode 16, Chamsundula and company, all, the, all those folks, they're wearing old pieces of clone armor, which is a nice throwback to their time uh, during the Clone Wars. And then in episode 18, Shroud of Darkness, the lightsabers on the wall in the dojo, in the, you know, the vision, are the hilts of Kieti Mundi, Luminara, and Kit Fisto. Oh, wow. Rest in peace. Kit Fisto, man. It's my dude. Episode 20, Kanan and Ezra are training with lightsabers. And at first glance, it's like, you're with this teenager? You're just like with this deadly weapon? But if you look closely, number one, 
they're dimmer. They don't have the bright white core, and they're also making a different sound because they're on a low power, like a training level. And then the blaster in, in Ezra's lightsaber, he, he hits Kanan with that, and that's you know just a stun or something, which is nice. But at the same time, would you ever just like do a training exercise with a real gun that you just like, ins- you know, just assure the other person that it's on the right setting? It's a little sketch. Mm. You know, way back when, when, when early days of Hollywood, like up until, shoot, it would, during talkies, they wouldn't use blanks. They would hire sharpshooters. What? And there's, there's, <laughs> there's footage of James Cagney. And he's like running forward and there's a wall and bullets hit a wall and he like reacts correctly and turns and runs. That's what his character is supposed to do. But that is what they did. They hired sharpshooters. Holy shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, there also used to be training in the army with live fire all the time. You'd have to crawl, oh, yeah. keep your head down or you get shot in the head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Episode 20. Also, um, the Krikna spiders that are the big, gross white spiders spiders are disgusting i hate them um they're based on the same ralph Macquarie concept art that inspired the knobby white ice spiders that are also disgusting in the mandalorian season two on maldo crease i love animals i'm vegan spiders get out get out <laughs> right you, dude. right there with you um episode 21 this is just my interpretation but i thought i'd put it down ahsoka says there's always a bit of truth in legends mm. i thought that was a very meta quote to put in there in terms of in Star Wars terms, because this is after the acquisition. And it's also just, you know, it's, it's good insight about philosophically, period. But I wonder how much they thought about it. That's the very definition of history. Yeah. Is the, you know, the movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I know the you know, name. film, Gregory Peck. It's a guy who's like, his claim to fame is he shot Liberty Valance and this journalist, like, you know, follows him around. And then at the very end of the movie, he dies and he goes, nah, it wasn't me. <laughs> and then all these other journalists are with him. And this young kid journalist goes, well, what are we supposed to do? And this older journalist says, well, when it comes to the choice of printing the facts or printing the legend, you print the legend. Print the legend. That's it. That's every history book. (laughs) What a great battle. No, dude, that sucked. People died. (laughs) Also in episode 21, uh, Ahsoka and Rex's conversation mirrors their first conversation ever in Clone Wars. Really tugs on the heartstrings. And then... Anakin's eyebrows, Anakin's face, the, the part exposed from Vader's helmet. I guess they, they, they first did this and it just, it wasn't working with the, you know, the melted face, no eyebrows look. So they put eyebrows in to help convey emotion, help him emote better. So I'm okay with it. Oh yeah. We'll take it. I mean, I guess maybe we'll find out, you know, and Obi-Wan, he's going to be in the tank. Like, God, there it goes. I knew it. See? I told you, I'm losing my eyebrows, man. I told you, look. Tell me, look at look at the before picture. Shave them off. Nah. Take them off. Keep those eyebrows. Keep it original. Keep them bushy. Don't take the guns out and put in walkie-talkies, man. Keep it as is. And lastly, speaking of things that were added or cut in this, Maul and Vader were supposed to actually duel, but I guess it was cut for time. Mm. It would probably have to be pretty early on because this episode is so full. There's no way they could have just been like, you know, had this whole separate duel. Yeah. Either way, that God, that would have been amazing. That kind of brings me, I was thinking about this earlier and I didn't really have a, a place to interject, but now is as good a time as any. So these last, you know, two episodes, it's a two-parter called Twilight of the Apprentice. You have a couple of apprentices here. You have, yeah. you know, Kanan obviously was, and that's where he ended until now he's a Jedi Knight. Ezra is Kanan's apprentice. Maul was an apprentice. 
Ahsoka was Anakin's apprentice. Vader is, uh, I'm, would you say he's Palpatine's he's apprentice at this point? Still, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of apprentices here and Twilight is kind of this, uh, means end, right? End of the nearing the end. Yeah. Say, nearing mm-hmm. the end. So who's, yep. who's nearing the end here? All of them. That's, that's also like in a way, yeah. kind of a question mark. Yeah, really. Let's now, before we get into, I love you, I know, do something we've never done on the show. Have we had ch- no, we've never had a child on this show, ever. We've never had anyone below the age of like 20-something. So, Stephen, you happen to be a breeder. You made two kids at the same time. Nice. My penis is awesome. Powerful. <laughs> exactly what you want to drop before you t- have kids on the show. So, uh, we're going to get their insight on this, uh, this quote, kid show, Star Wars kid show. So, uh, bring them out. Bring the children. All right. I'm bringing, uh, this is uh, my twins. They are 11 years old, new 11s, but they've been watching Star Wars since they were six. So we got Kate and Emily. Good evening, younglings. Okay, so they they had some questions. So I'm going to ask you the questions, all right? Okay. So, well, first let's ask them what their their favorite Star Wars movie or series is. Kate, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, Attack of the Clones. Surprising answer. Right? It's my Padme fan. Emily, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's my answer. See? Nick agrees. Yes, good Nick answer. agrees. It's a good answer. What's mine? Do you remember mine? Empire Strikes Back. That's right, mm-hmm. Empire. Grown. That's, dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, that's a big dad move. It's not uncommon. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you, you got surprised there with Attack of the Clones? Yeah. I mean, not for their age, I guess not as surprising, but... But now we need to know what their favorite character is in the Star Wars cartoons. In, in all of them, or do you want to, or like... Uh, all of like the animated just, stuff. Okay, they're big. They're mostly they're mostly Filoni oriented. <laughs> that's okay. That's great. Right, what's your What's your favorite Star Wars character, Kate, from the animated series we watch? Uh, which one? Which one? Which animated series? See, which mm. animated series? Clone Wars, to Rebels, Bad Batch, Clone Either Wars. Oh, Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka nice. Tano. Right. Okay, Emily. Who's your favorite character? Uh, it's okay to have the same one. Ahsoka Tano. Love it. <laughs> nice. So do they do they know? Do they know that you know Ahsoka Tano? They they know that I used to work with Ashley, yeah. Yeah, a long nice. time ago. Right? You know that? Remember yeah. that? Ashley? Yeah. Where did you work with her for the people? I worked for uh, a very fun website. Actually, the second most fun job I ever had outside of the rock show, which was MTV Geek. And all we did was go to comic book conventions. And I hosted and uh, Ashley was the other host. And we had a ball. So she got to talk to all the voiceover people just because she knew everybody. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes I got some voiceover stuff. Like I got the Legend of Korra. That Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Nice. But yeah, so you guys know I worked with Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. See, I'm not cool. (laughs) Okay, next question. So we've been talking about Rebels. We're, we're now talking about season two of Rebels, okay, and sorry. we just talked about the, the big finale, the big showdown with Ahsoka and Darth Vader and the little glimpse of Anakin. How did they take that season finale and what did, did they understand the significance of it? Oh, this is a big question because we just rewatched it. So, Kate, we're talking about Twilight of the Apprentice. Okay. Is that your favorite episode of Rebels? Yeah. Is that your favorite episode? Yes. Okay, so how did you feel, they want to know, when Ahsoka finds out that Darth Vader's Anakin? I thought it was pretty cool and funny. Funny? Funny. Funny. Why was it funny? Because 
she didn't know it was him, and she and she's known him for so long that uh, maybe she would feel that his presence. So you don't mean funny, mm. haha. You mean funny, weird. Yeah. Okay, I got strange, it. bizarre. Okay, Emily, how did you feel when Anakin was finally revealed to Ahsoka? The first time I saw it, I didn't know that that Ahsoka actually hit Darth Vader's mask, showing the face of Anakin Skywalker. So I was a little shocked, and every time when I watch that um, part two of Twilight of the Apprentice, I still feel shocked. Oh, nice. Okay. It's a big reveal. It brought a tear to my eye today (laughs) in my rewatch. Oh, yeah. I like it when they switch back from James Earl Jones Mm -hmm. to uh, his voice. Yeah. I forget his name, but I just remember him as guy who got shot on the prison ship in The Mandalorian. Matt Lanter. Matt Matt Lanter, yes. Thank you. Um, I want to ask them... What is the coolest part about this, the animated shows that's different from the movies? Like, why do they like the animated shows so much? That's a hard question. It's, they're cool. <laughs> they're cool. They're cool. In fighting wise, in funny wise. You think they're funny? Yeah. Funny, strange? Funny, strange. Funny, strange. They also, in the animated ones, they add more suspense and. Um, th- mm. things to the bore than they would do in the non-animated movies and shows. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So compared to other cartoons that they've watched, do these seem similar? Like, do these seem like they're for kids in the same ways that other cartoons are like? And do these cartoons seem more like they're for kids than the Star Wars movies? Oh, Yeah. I think the movies could also be for kids, except for Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I agree on that one, but maybe in Empire Strikes Back, when they, when Luke slices off um, the monster's arm and mm. you just hear the scream, that might be scary for younger kids. So that might be one of the things they might cut out and just not show. So they put everything kind of all on the same level. They don't think the cartoons are are more for kids than the movies. No, I think it's all. I think you would think like the cartoons and the movies are kind of the same. Like, do you think that the cartoons help connect ideas that you didn't know? Yeah, because they show more of outside characters. Mm. Okay, there you go. Hidden characters. Hidden characters. A good answer. They also show. Stuff that you might have missed in the movies if you didn't know what happened beforehand of a certain movie and you watched one of the shows, then you would know. Smart kids. I see. I assume they've seen Mandalorian because I do have a question. Oh, we, they've seen Mandalorian, yes. Did you like seeing Ahsoka as an animated character and then seeing her shown up as a grown-up in The Mandalorian? I liked seeing her in both because I thought it was really cool that they brought her in real life and they also had her animated. (laughs) It's kind of trippy though, right? (laughs) I do agree with Kate because you, when they did the real life version and the actress played Ahsoka Tano, they did the same details for her character as they did in the animated TV shows. Nice. So last question for them. Why? Is Ahsoka Tano their favorite Star Wars character? She is my favorite character because she has a lot of suspense. Like, I don't think anyone knew that she would probably quit being a Jedi. And she has 
a lot of strength in being a Jedi, but it's very weird that she quit and she has a lot of cool um, things she can do. Like she has a white lightsaber, which is a very interesting thing. And she have two. She has like one's yeah, a little shorter. Dual sabers. Yeah, she's yeah. like rapier and dagger. Why do you like Ahsoka Tano so much, Emily? Uh, I like her one because in the Clone War she was one of the first main characters who was a female Jedi. That was a very important part of the series in the Clone Wars, and she was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, and she was just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, just mm-hmm. awesome. She's we'll t- always just awesome. We'll accept it. Thank you, guys. Everything's Thank you for joining Thank you. us. You're very good. Well done. Farewell. Okay, so what have we learned here? Representation does indeed matter. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. They started on Star Wars How Old I Was, which was six when it came out. And it's great because when you watch that original version, you don't realize how, and this is a very positive thing to say, how campy it was. Mm-hmm. And so they were they were completely fine. Yeah. As we started watching more shows, we started watching Forces of Destiny. Did you mm-hmm. guys watch those? Yeah, yeah, those are great. And they really enjoyed them. And they that was a very smart play on Disney's part to really cater towards, you know, not to be so binary, but girls. Mm-hmm. And some of those stories were great, you know, but yeah. the Sabine and even Kira from Solo. Yeah. I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very pro right. Solo. Same. I, I, Same. We yeah. all are here, yeah. Same. I've had a few discussions with folks. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting the good fight. Make Solo 2 happen. Make Solo 2 happen. Hashtag. Thank you for indulging the kids for that. That was They were very excited. So. Very insightful. That's great. All right, let's move on because we're going long as hell. I love you. I know. Favorite episode. And or favorite moment, if there's a favorite moment that we want to choose, because there's some solid ones on this. Let's let the guest go first. Actually, we'll let the guest pick. Do you want to go first or do you want to go last, Stephen? I'll go first because mine is just so obvious. <laughs> it's Twilight of the Apprentice, like episode mm-hmm. 22, when she hits the mask and sees and then the voice just comes in. Mm. like, And then just the reaction. Because it's the animation has come such a long way and... Rebels, dated's the wrong term because it's stylized, but to see the reaction and feel the reaction is just key on both their parts. And that just, like, you just build up and build up and build up, and that's, I don't know, it just keeps, it's a never-ending Sunday. (laughs) It's heavy, man. Every time. Uh, That's for sure my favorite episodes, but, man, watching Ahsoka and Rex see each other for the first time in a long time is... Boy, oh boy, is that emotional. Yeah. So what's the official call, though? Mm-hmm. You know what? Here, Here's my moment, because I just watched the finale yesterday or two days ago, I think it was, and I know, like the back of my hand, when Ahsoka is about to say, I'm no Jedi, and I was yeah. on my couch. I wish this was a visual uh, podcast right now. I was on the couch with devil horns up waiting for her like this, like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Like I knew it was coming, so I was just, it's like I was at a show, like like pointing my finger at my favorite lyric. Do the thing, yeah. do the thing. I'm no Jedi. She ah. did the thing. 
the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't get up because your toe was bit by a spider. Is, so like was... I can't even do devil oh, horns man. with this because this finger. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Nikki Bumtoe. Where's the mod poller? Just give me a droid finger already. I had a professor in college once that, that was my fil- one of my film professors, and he loved to spoil movies before we watched them in class. Uh. And his whole philosophy was, how many times have you watched something again? Yeah. It's not going to change. But the idea behind a good movie, or in this case, a good TV show, is you're still excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen it? Yeah. We've all seen it. Well, who, who can count? We all watch it again, and we know what's going to happen. And it's not even a comfort thing. It's you get excited again. You know, like I'll I'll watch Attack of the Clones over and over because I'm sitting there going, maybe this time you won't kill those kids. (laughs) And he blows it for me every time. So, but yeah, no, I I totally feel that. How about you, Mike? Um, I mean, I think it's easy for everyone to, you know, it's, it's again, like, you know, when everyone asks, like, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? I'm like, well, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, but it, it might not be the one that I watched the most. And I think in this case of season two, the part one and two, the twilight of the apprentice are the, the pinnacle of the season thus far, but I do have a place for episode one in season two, because that gave me that like rogue one Vader badassery that it was like, he's like, he's the T the T 800. It's like they, they, you know, Ezra looking over at Kanan in just sheer confusion and going what was that as if like they didn't even know it was a, a, a guy in there then that suit you know and just this relentless they he literally was toying with them and that sheer badassery that i know tapped into the rogue one of me that again like you said earlier just that is why darth vader was the most feared thing in the galaxy and they got to see that so it's hard to say because I do want – I'm kind of giving a special shout-out to the season opener. It's real damn good. Oh, God, man. I hate to be that guy, but it it really is – Do the thing. 22 for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> but but I could flip it actually because all the stuff with Maul – I guess that goes across both. I'm Part one and part two are one episode to me. I'm cheating mm-hmm. – because the stuff with Maul seducing Ezra is so, so good. Like, so much better the more you watch it, actually. Like, the, sure. all the nuance. Sam Witwer is just so brilliant. And then the moment is the, the I Am No Jedi moment. Yeah. I mean, it's not the wrong... Like, this is probably... Is there a better moment in Star Wars Rebels than the finale of Season 2? Like, I don't. I think I could confidently say there's not a better moment than that. So, it's, I don't think it's so. just the right answer. It's just the right answer. I think they chased it though for the next two seasons. Mm, yeah, definitely. You know, and and that's that's the hardship of not knowing if you're going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> look every, at you every, lost. every every season finale could be a series finale. So let's hear from the patrons now. We pulled the patrons as we always do when we're covering a show or a movie. I got some comments here. Hit us with them, Nikki. All righty. Uh, Chris Davis says it's literally impossible to not pick episode 22 between Ahsoka and Vader dueling. I am no Jedi and cutting open the mask. There's too many exquisite moments in that part alone not to pick it. And then on top of that, the Maul, Ezra, Kanan, tug of war. That said, also, 
Chris voted for Cell Strike because I remember, or he remembers loving it on his first watch, and he's a sucker for Rex and the struggle Kanan has trusting a clone, even more so after watching the Bad Batch and the finale of the Clone Wars. Thank you, patrons. So the winner, obviously. <laughs> the suspense is killing Twi- me. <laughs> Twilight of the Apprentice, part two. 77% landslide. Second place was a tie between episode nine, Stealth Strike, and Twilight of the Apprentice, part one, with a measly 11%. So that means someone else voted for something else. I was under the impression there wouldn't be any math. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry to set the wrong expectations for you. So yeah, again, it's all right to agree. There can be a right answer. There can be an objectively correct answer. And that's where we landed on this one. People can also be wrong. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All that said, I'm uh, I'm super pumped for season three and season four. I've watched season one and two like three, four times each because I've, I've tried to do a rewatch a handful of times and I haven't made it to three and four. So I'll be pumped to really get through everything in this next couple of weeks. Yeah, kind of same. Like season four, I probably have seen the least because I watched it live and then just kind of in the same boat. It's like, what am I going to just only rewatch four? No, let me start at the beginning and then you watch season one and trails off and then you're like ah let me start over again you watch season one again so yeah i'm kind of excited for three and four i think the next two seasons made me look at star wars differently the same way that the mortis arc Mm. made me look at star wars yeah for sure my kids are rewatching season three right now like on their own so it's kind of fun Mm. to like peek in and see what's up and it's kind of like oh is that what's going on with callus and then like oh you're a great dad you're a great dad it's all about curating Musically, I'm letting them find their own way. And I got one who's a little more TikTok-y, and then I got one who's a little more into ACDC. So it, <laughs> nice. it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Can't win them all. Yeah, my, ki- my kids watch some nightmarish stuff, but I go back to that. I heard this on the Dana Gould podcast. It's uh, John Entwistle from The Who was like complaining about hip-hop to Pete Townsend. And he's like, I just don't get it. And Pete Townsend apparently went, it's not our job to get it. It's our job to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's like that's smart. my kids like they watch stuff on the YouTube and they're like, Dad, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I think that that's your thing and you should have it. But I I cannot feign interest. As long as you're feeling the same way I did the first time I heard Green Day or Nirvana or whatever, then that's cool. Yeah. 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 They they're good. They, but the kid the kids are okay. I got a kid in my uh in a class who one kid was playing some goofy TikTok song, and then I listened over, and I went, is that Slayer? <laughs> nice. And the kid went, yeah, you know this? And I went, I'm familiar. Yeah, I've heard of it. And I was like, you know what? You're going to be okay. You know what, dude? We had a quote of the week prepared that is a great quote from season two, but it's on the exact opposite end as what you just dropped, that <laughs> it's not our job to, uh, to get it. It's our job to get out of the way. Uh-oh. So I think your quote is probably probably should be the quote because we're talking about a show that's quote for kids that some adults quote don't get. So yeah, you may have just uh, squashed our prepared quote. It's John and Whistle and Stephen Smith. Yeah, Uh the quote. Yeah, we're we're both you know when you think of the Who, I come right up there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, nice. Like I was saying, talking about curating with kids, like if you can steer them, you know, I remember just turn on gravity falls or avatar the last airbender and like that those are our go-tos 
no matter what, or Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars. It's like, it's stuff that everybody can sit down and enjoy, but then they can, you know, kind of create their own. They have enough stuff that I hate that they're going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love the show and I love Star Wars and this has been fun. I like, I like thinking that I know stuff and then I hear other people talking. I'm like, oh, there's just so much to learn. We just do homework. We don't really know it all. That's fun. That's part of it. I do have a recommendation. Like once you finish all the Clone Wars and the Rebels, when we were at Galaxy's Edge just a few weeks ago with my kids and we spotted what Vi, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Vi, Vi Marathi. Yeah. And like, and like she was up hiding and the ki- kids spot her. Like my kids saw her and they're like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. And I remember there was a book and I know there's like a couple of tie-ins and I just think that's just, I, I just love that, that whole, just keeping it so interactive and keeping it clever. And like they, and then, then my daughter Emily went out and bought Jedi binoculars, binoculars, uh, eye thingies <laughs> to look for Vi. Nice. Every time we went back to Galaxy's Edge, she went to look for her because she wanted to see what she was all about. And then it became part of the play acting. She was like, well, maybe she's looking for something or she's trying to, maybe she's part. It was just really great. So I like that. I've, I've, you guys know enough about that stuff. You could make that super, super cool for everybody. That's dope. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, for sure. We also hope that you're able to take them on the Galactic Star Cruiser one day. Absolutely. Someday I've decided, well, I've, I've done this. I've tried to bring it up to my wife and I was like, how important is college? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I work at one. It's not that important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very jealous of you dudes. <laughs> but that was fun to listen to. Well, if you want to just, like, leave your kids at home, we're going to go back. <laughs> and you could just put that on the list of things that they're not old enough for or something. And They absolutely are old enough. No, I'll just tell them I'm going. You don't get to. That's life. <laughs> or, or that. That works, yeah. too. That is a lesson you don't need college for. Get a job. Yeah, get a job. <laughs> get a helmet. Figure it out. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, if you listeners want to follow this podcast on social media, we are at Thank the Maker Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We're at Thank the Maker on Twitter. All my stuff is at Adam the Skull. All my social media is at Nick Bayside. And episode 43 of the Radio Radio Show is out as of right now. And you could catch tunes from the Beach Rats and Against Me and Pollyanna and the Dooms. And if you don't know any of those bands, guess what? Listen to my show. And then you'll like those bands. And then you'll go to their show. You'll buy a ticket and a shirt. And everyone's happy. How good are the Beach Rats? I mean, seriously. Oh, my goodness. God, they're so. I love it. It's just like they're so good. <laughs> Stephen, where can people find you on social media? Uh, until the Elon Musk deal goes through, I'm going to be on Twitter <laughs> at Stephen Smith says, and that's it. That's all I do. I don't do the socials or anything. So, but yeah, you say good stuff on there. You're a good follow. Every once in a while, I'll mouth off about something ridiculous. Well, thanks for mouthing off here for two hours with us. Oh, God, I'll talk Star Wars forever. I love it. <laughs> Always good to hang with you. Um, oh, last thing on social media, at Mosh Isley on Twitter and Instagram, our Star Wars-themed emo punk event night, which doesn't include our bands playing. It's just uh, we're just DJing, just to be clear. It now has its own social media accounts, so follow us there. If you don't get to go, that's where you'll go to see things that you could have enjoyed but didn't and you cry about it. Savage. Ooh. Sorry, it'd be like that sometimes. If you are coming to Mosh Eisley, should have bought tickets. Thank you for buying tickets. It's going to be a rager. 
at Star Wars Celebration. Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod. Thanks for being here, patrons. Is the contest still going, technically, or no? Yes. Yeah. The contest is still going uh, between the Thank the Maker Network and the Dano channel. Four phrases. One on here, which was last week, Armor Party Podcast, Princess and Scoundrel, and the Dano channel. In the month of April, there's a secret phrase. We shout it out before we say it in the episodes. You need to collect each of those four phrases and then email them to starcruiser, C-R-E-W-S-E-R, at gmail.com with your home address. We'll pick a winner. And you'll win a pretty big, pretty sick prize package of Star Cruiser stuff, including the Star Cruiser exclusive lightsaber, a bunch of other great stuff. All you got to do is listen and enter. No purchase necessary, as they say. Everybody, thanks for hanging. Patrons, thanks for hanging out with us. We love you and appreciate you. And until next week, may the Force be with you. 